Okay. Warning. This podcast contains description of violence and murder. Viewer discretion is advised. Susan Neuser Smith died in a dirty alleyway. Her body looked to be the victim of a bludgeoning. She was dragged out of view of passerby or behind a Wilwood restaurant Memorial Day weekend, 1990. Three years after her death, state officials now say that Susan Neuser Smith was raped, beaten, and smothered to death. Yet, at the time of her death, authorities refused to call it a homicide. Why? We are Grace and Eli, and this is the Neuser Smith case. <clears throat> Susan Neuser Smith, wrong place, wrong time. Hi, my name is Eli. And my name is Grace, and today we will be asking the question, why Susan Nezersmith? Well, Susan Nezersmith was obviously just like any other kind of person, you know, like middle-aged, stuff like that, and with a two-year-old sister who is still alive to this day, but yet she was chosen to be such a, such victim to such a cruel act, like murder. And it just, there was, there seemed to be no motive because if there was, if there was a sort of motive, then you would be able to find all this background kind of stuff like phone calls, texts, or something like that. And yet when searching public records of this case, there was nothing like that. There was no affiliation. This person just picked someone. It could have been anyone. And so that, yeah, yeah it, that really, that really makes you ask the question of the mind of a murderer. What, what, what do you think it's like inside of this person? Let's, let's assume it is a man because she was raped. Um, what was, what do you think it's like inside, inside the mind of a murderer? Well, there was definitely some kind of stressor. Because I don't think this could have been unprompted, unless he, this unsub had like a, some kind of uh, mental illness, maybe, mm-hmm. or disorder, but... Or this um, is some kind of thing that he has been doing or has happened for a while, because this isn't like a, like an uncommon kind of thing, as we know. These these kinds of heinous acts happen all the time. Yeah, yet, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yet they are still committed. Mm. So, under the Cape May County Office of the Prosecutor in unsolved cases, it says uh, she's wearing a faded blue dungaree jacket black dungaree pants, a pink t-shirt, and white sneakers. Miss Nezure Smith is known to have left her motel located in the 2700 block of Atlantic Avenue, Wildwood, New Jersey, at approximately 8 p.m. on Saturday, May 26th. Her partially clothed body was discovered the following morning in an alley on Schellinger, I think, Avenue, near the intersection of Atlantic Avenue. Yeah, and even even after hearing the the appearance of her body, the authorities refused to accept the fact that it was a homicide until like three five years after. Um, and even 
even so, this kind of thing, like, people have, bodies are found all the time with badly damaged appearances that couldn't necessarily be a homicide, a homicide. but because of how long it took, that's just less and less time of being able to find the murderer because the authorities refused to accept the fact that it was a homicide, even after her father and the entire family, like, widespread across the media to cover his daughter's death. And uh, finally, they got an attorney and several private detectives and out-of-state forensic uh, officers to review the case. And they were like, they all said that it was homicide. And when bringing this information to the police, they were finally willing to reopen the case after three years of it going cold. Well, not even cold, because they didn't even accept the fact that it was a homicide. And now it's cold. Yeah. It says... On PressOfAtlanticCity.com, her battered, bloodied, and partially clothed body was dragged out of view of passersby. How would that be an accident? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me how they would come to that conclusion. Exactly. Like, there's no way that she could have dragged herself out of way because... Unless, well, unless her legs were somehow injured, like, say... Well, obviously it was a homicide, but if it wasn't, if she had fallen from somewhere, she could have dragged herself, like, with her arms, but I can't see how... She could do that in that condition. Yeah. Especially if she fell from, like, a high place, but that's just hypothetically speaking. Exactly, and while we're on the path of hypotheticality, if you were an officer, then you would clearly be able to see all of the evidence that led to the fact that this was a homicide. So it makes you think, is there something going on inside of the police department? That's a good theory. Yeah, and it's not just, it's not just, uh, because most officers would automatically jump to the conclusion of this being a homicide, because the more cases they solve, the more income they get from the state. Yet, they were refused at the fact that this was a homicide. Was it because of the rape that was induced in it? Was it because of just the fact that they just wanted to dismiss this entirely and cover it up? And then the case went cold so quickly, even after being revived. Maybe. There's the Baltimore Sun says, the spunky hazel-eyed brunette had been drinking heavily in the hours before her death. But autopsy reports also identified 26 areas of trauma to the 20-year-old. So, either maybe someone slipped something in her drink, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And in, 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 in the autopsy report, when it is talking about alcohol, if even before this was the fact of even being considered a homicide, even though her body was found like that... Um, oh, it also happened? says... Sorry. It also says her bruised and bloodied body lay sprawled on a piece of cardboard. Her t-shirt and bra were pushed up to her neck. Her black jeans and panties bunched around her left foot. Exactly. The crime scene photographs depicted a classic rape murder. The county coroner found otherwise. Cause of death, alcohol intoxication and exposure. Manner of death, accidental. How would that happen? How would you deem that yes that's what happened 
this is the cause. The manner of her body is no manner of a body that wasn't... It literally said 26 points of impact where she was hurt, badly bludgeoned, anything like that. And even just through an autopsy report, you'd be able to see this is not normal. The alcohol in her system, obviously people get drunk and do stupid things all of the time. And yet, no drunk person in their right mind would be able to... I don't want to say look like that, but specifically commit like 26 places of impact without passing out at first or dying like you get what i'm trying to say here yeah and uh, it says with the piece of cardboard that could indicate that the unsub didn't want to be exactly rough with her or maybe um what's the word not sympathized like i don't know but if he had purposely put her on a piece of cardboard he had to show some at least a little bit of care yeah with with the body it it almost feels it almost feels kind of personal when thinking about the appearance of the body it does say she laid sprawled so maybe the stressor maybe he had a relative or even a partner who had died like maybe in their sleep and because like some people they move around in their sleep mm-hmm. so it like um it says or it also says a new coroner has concluded that susan was the victim of a homicide obviously someone strangled her that's yeah. what the article says a re-examination of Susan's perverted larynx, I don't know if I pronounced that right, Yeah. and a finding consistent with what her father had believed all along. Mm-hmm. So, you, you hear all the evidence, and you hear all these facts, and you may be thinking, like, so if all of this was presented, why did the police ignore it? And that, I think, is the main question that is blocking us from the truth. It is well, not why her. Why Why was she found like this? It is why was the evidence so ignored? And Oh, I just ignored something completely on TulsaWorld.com. said her fingernails painted pink to match her outfit had blood underneath them. That could indicate that maybe she had tried to fight back. The back of her skull was deeply bruised. The list of separate injuries feels a page and a half of autopsy report. Exactly. Oh, and a bloody... Her, t- her pink t-shirt pu- pushed up and bloodied with a handprint on the chest. There now, was... how would that happen on accident? Exactly. There was literally a handprint. Any type of sort of Thing. Like, you could use anything to try to identify those fingerprints. Even in 1990, they had some sort of... They had to. Yeah, they had to have. They had to it's... have analyzed those fingerprints because if they put it in the criminal database, they would have found something. Because nobody, nobody just wakes up one day and is like, hmm, I'm going to go rape and kill somebody. I mean, unless they do, then that's... But, but they this, need this serious help. Much of the, too much of a heinous crime, too much of the footsteps have been covered up it's not just like 
the kind of thing that you do without complete preparation or some there has to be something leading back to this guy yeah he would have had to be prepared somehow to like how i said maybe he put something in her drink i mean maybe he didn't but he would have had to prepare that it's there's no way you could just have like a roofie like on you on your person like at all times for no reason unless you're extremely messed up which leads me to believe the fact that this in fact was a personal affair that was somehow covered up by the police or a dirty cop that knew her or something like that because it was too planned out to to not have left anything behind and sadly there can be no closure on this case because yeah. we we do not know what uh what the outcome of the case was uh, yeah and i mean obviously we're not professionals at yeah. all so but we we've given our take on uh on the case and some theories or have at least probably left you something to think about in these types of horrible horrible cases where the victim is never avenged and the family never gets that type of closure but still we would we would like to thank you for listening and if you have enjoyed um subscribe to our weekly podcast and you can definitely find us on instagram and twitter at nj crime podcasters yeah thank you have a great day